Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers a precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone without years using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in the country to experience their life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. We have got a special offer on right now where you can get up to 20% plus free shipping with the code SPURS at manscaped.com. Call to action. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPURS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SPURS. Two stairs men go for the same ball. Celso has done well and picks out Harry Kane, who picks the back of the net in typical fashion. It's Tottenham all from the scoring, a vital goal for them in their hopes of qualifying for Europe, and another setback for Crystal Palace. Over down at Selhurst Park, and um, it's finished. Crystal Palace one, Spurs one, one point. Jose Mourinho, there we are, right in the middle of the package. You see what it means to them. They have qualified for the Europa League with Wolves losing at Chelsea today. It's been a terrific run in fairness for Spurs. They're unbeaten in the last six. They've won four of those six. Harry Kane's goal put them in front. Jeffrey Schlupp equalised. But Spurs will be playing in Europe, not the Champions League, but the Europa League next season. He looks pretty pleased about it. That is. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're all keeping safe and well. Thank you for joining us as we review Spurs' final game of the season. I know this season has felt like three combined into one, but it is the final game of the season. No pressure of Amazon around the corner as well. God, what have we got coming our way? But we are joined, as Lee McQueen has proudly put it out on Twitter, by journalist royalty this evening. So that's why the show is coming to you 24 hours later than it would usually be, because my God, have we got a show in store for you. But let me introduce, of course, my right-hand man, Mr. Lee McQueen is in the house. Lee, how are you? Yo, yo, very good. Thank you. Uh, really, really pleased to, to have these wonderful guests with us tonight and uh, chatting all things Tottenham. And like you say, how long has this season been? I think God. it's been about three years, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's mad to think that, you know, we'd be wrapping it up and starting it all over again in what? In less than eight weeks. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that we would need, we would ideally like to have a break because we've been non-stop, obviously, throughout the pandemic talking Tottenham. But we haven't really got much time. We're straight back into it, like I say, in less than six weeks. So that's what Spurs 
are given to us, a Europa League trip as well. Lots and lots to come. So delighted to be joined, as Lee mentioned there, by two royalties in the journalist industry. First up, from Football London, the wonderful Alistair Gold joins us. Ali, how are you? All good, mate. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to come on. Oh, you're a diamond. Favour coming, Ali. I know we've been driving you mad, hounding you all season, but I'm glad we got you on the final game to overview what's been a crazy season for Tottenham. And we're really looking forward to getting your thoughts on it. And also, from the mirror, soft spot for Tottenham. Delighted to have this man on our show. We've got the wonderful Darren Lewis joining us. Darren, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on. Like Alistair says, um, I'm a big fan of your work, so thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. Listen, pleasure is all ours. Really, really excited to have you on the show for this one. Like I say, reviewing Tottenham's final game in what, as we've said, has been crazy, crazy season. Many would describe it as a bit of a car crash. It's been a drama, soap opera, and here we are, 38 games later, probably a bit more greyer, trying to review what's been a crazy season. Alistair, I am going to start with you because Tottenham were looking to finish the season with a flourish, but an uninspiring draw with Palace is more appropriate reflection of the campaign as a whole. Given the circumstances, six is a good result, but the game demonstrated some familiar problems to iron out. What did you make of Spurs' overall performance against Palace and thoughts on the season as a whole? Yeah, certainly wasn't a flourish. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a whimper in the end, wasn't it, really? Um it's classic Mourinho in terms of, I think Mikel Arteta said it after the Arsenal game, doesn't it? He just finds a way. And that's exactly what Tottenham did. They they did the job. They found a way. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't attractive. It was actually pretty atrocious, to be honest, for long periods. But, yeah, for, as he'll keep telling us, 14th place, finished in 6th place. Um, you know, he's taken Spurs up the table. Um, and ultimately, I guess, that's kind of all that matters for now. But... Yeah, it's got to be something to build on because I think if they're going to do it in that style next season, I think there's going to be a few dissenting voices, probably within the club as well as outside it. But at the moment, foundations being laid and job being done. That's a very concise way to put it, Alistair. Very, very concise way. Bearing in mind the amount of questions we've got in terms of the style of football, what's to come in terms of the achievement Mourinho's done with his team. Lots and lots in terms of different opinions out there. Darren, coming around to you, Spurs finished the Premier League campaign in the top six for the 11th consecutive season after managing to do so just twice in their previous 17 seasons. Despite a poor show, I think when you look at the season as a whole, for me, I think it's an achievement to get sixth. They were seven points adrift after the loss against Sheffield United. So, job done in, as Alistair said, the kind of sloppiest, scrappiest, (laughs) I could say crappiest way, but job done. Now we can try and erase what I will describe as a shit show of a season from our memories until the Amazon documentary. I mean, how have you reflected on this season as a whole for Tottenham? It's a real disappointment, actually. Um, I know I should be really positive about the fact that you, the club have finished sixth because obviously that means European football. And myself and Alistair will go around Europe and, and, and following the team and seeing how they get on. And I remember you've got in Mourinho a guy who knows how to win the Europa League. And that's quite significant because it means you've got two tickets potentially into the champion, back into the Champions League rather than one. But I just think I went to the Champions League final. Ali was there as well. Uh, and so to have been at that showpiece event and not seen the club build on that is a big, big disappointment. Particularly when you consider that after that event, they were talking about signing Bruno Fernandes, umming and ahring and it, oh, it was all us, over Darren, the place. Darren, us. We've I'm had this sorry to but I, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I yeah. am sure, and I know 
the manager's got a lot of faith. And I'll say it, he's got a lot of faith in, in GLSL, so, uh, and hopefully he will come good. But I, I would venture to suggest that Fernandez is a special player and he's had a transformative effect on Manchester United. And I think there will be some regret for a long, long time that Spurs missed the boat on Bruno Fernandes, a player who could have lifted players around him, could have scored goals from midfield and could have really driven. You look at some of the points, you know, and, and Leo, I know you want to come as well, but you drop points to Palace the last few games. You drop points to Bournemouth the last few games. You lost at Sheffield, Sheffield United. United. Yep. You know, you look at those points and then you look at the distance between where you finished and fourth place. You know, not that far. You could have made it into the Champions League if you had been better defensively. Only one other team, I think, in the top six has conceded more goals. Um, and so, yeah, there is a rebuilding job to be done. Uh, and I, I would suggest that actually Mourinho is the right man to do it. I think you, what those players leaving, and I think there'll be others, they've needed to go. But now Spurs need to rip up that team. It's going to be expensive fresh blood, but it does need to be younger, more energetic, uh, players willing to make a step up or players now looking to build on what they've achieved already. But you need a different side so that you can do better next season because you've got to be back in that Champions League again. Otherwise, you become that club again that had their noses pressed up against the glass while all the other big teams are in there. I totally agree. I mean, listen, we've got loads of listener questions in here. This is one is from Brock who says, we're playing in the Europa League next season, which is great, but that was an utterly dreadful performance against Palace. It's fitting to end the season for us. We've got so much to do to improve over the next month or so. Glad this horrible season is over. Onwards and upwards. I mean, Lee, coming round to you, Tell us how you reflected in terms of Spurs finishing sixth from what the back has been a real car crash of a season that we've mentioned seems to have gone on for an eternal age. How do you, Lee, kind of reflect on Spurs' finish to the season? I agree with a lot of what Darren said, actually. But I mean, where, where I'll probably slight exception to that is actually if you think about the season as a whole you know we've had two different managers we've had three different goalkeepers at times being played absolute terrible away record even before Jose got here um, and you know we've been we've been shocking at times Darren just said you know the worst defence in the top six uh, but actually if you fast forward and come to kind of where the project restart was We've we've taken on, on average two points a game, which is top four form. It's actually top three form if you actually currently look at the table. There's only two Manchester clubs that better that record, and I think that just highlights how close. You know, the the point that Darren was just making about Fernandez, how close we were to actually getting top four from an utter shit show of a season. Um, and you know, it's really disappointing to come away from a from a uh, from Crystal Palace yesterday with a draw. Um, you know, they, they haven't, I, didn't think, I don't think they'd won in, in eight games or something, seven defeats in eight games, in absolute woeful form. And then, as Alistair said, we rock up there and just, you know, classic Jose Mourinho and bore the pants off of everyone. So, you know, it was disappointing to finish the season in that way when actually we could have gone, uh, scored some more goals. Uh, we were in control of the game. We gave away a sloppy set piece. Um, to, to be fair, but you know th there is no doubt that since the restart, our defence has been better, um, and you know we are on on form wise, we we are in the, the top three currently. So I think hopefully that will transfer into into next season. I think the you know I was also at the Champions League final as as Darren referenced with um, uh, you know in, in in June, and you know the the, the form and the the way the team was 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 playing and. Almost like the the attitude or the, the the rebuild that needed to happen back then, it was just it just fell off a cliff, didn't it? All all of us saw it, and it was kind of like you know when when is that going to come back? And hopefully now with this with this kind of transitional season, we can get a couple of people in 
in the white areas uh, within the team to str- to strengthen where Jose is. And that's actually a question I want to ask the lads t- tonight, actually, is what is the formation that he's going to play uh, moving forward? But when you look at our points return since the restart against all of the other teams in and around us, uh, with the exception of United, and I think that has been the Fernandez difference, um, we've been right up there. So, you know, there, there is some some green shoots of positivity, but I can't defend the fact that we, we, are, we play some bloody boring football at times Um, and that's got to change I think the the aspect of yesterday after that game what a lot of people were kind of referencing to was the fact in the second half Spurs failed to register a shot on target against the Crystal Palace side let's be honest about it it have been absolutely woeful and winless in their last seven games and Ali coming around to you one of the things that when I watch your videos and I think you're absolutely brilliant in terms of trying to understand and sympathize with fans that again with the style of football they're really at the moment feel out of touch of it. I mean, Ryan Appleby says, will we ever look to dominate games under Mourinho or hope for 38 of the games that we soak it up, hit on the break and pray our finish is good enough? I, for one, am bored already. I won't be going whilst he's in charge. Tom Adams says, do you think Mourinho will persist with his strategy next season once additions are made? If we play like this next season, the fans will turn and there'll be no chance of top four. He needs to find a happy medium between solid structure with aggression on and off the ball. Where are you, Ali, in terms of, for you, the style of football? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the million-dollar question. <laughs> you know, there's not, there's not like anything else other than it. It's just not great. I mean, I'd, I'd say the Leicester game was kind of like, a, I quite enjoyed it in terms of a breathless example of, you know, few, fast and furious counter-attacking. Spurs probably could have won that 5-6-0. You know, they were absolutely, that was great. It was kind of a bit reminiscent of the, like Pochettino European nights, you know, when they just absolutely sit back and then hit them on the break. And it is, it's lovely to watch. But ultimately, you can't do that at Bournemouth. You can't do that at Crystal Palace. You know, you've got to have a plan in possession and be able to break teams down. And I think that's hopefully the next step. But I think the biggest problem with Spurs, I find at the moment, we kind of touched on him earlier, is this reliance on Giovanni Lo Celso. He's not Christian Eriksen. He's a different kind of player. You know, he is a guy that is probably more used to playing in a slightly deeper midfield role. And there's this kind of, it's almost a, Mourinho knows that he's the only guy that can thread a ball through at the moment, really. And so he's kind of almost forced him into a more advanced role. Whereas maybe, maybe in a classic Mourinho formation, perhaps you'd have, I don't know, a 4-3-3 and you'd have a defending midfielder sitting behind and allowing him and possibly someone like Tongyon Dombele if he ever emerges back into the light of day, you know, Perhaps that, that's the formation that gives you the creativity. But right now, it's almost like a let's make do with what we've got, get to the end of the season, and you know we'll just grind out these results. And, oh, my goodness, it, it's yeah, it does. It makes your eyes bleed at times, quite frankly. But, yeah, as I said earlier, that they've kind of got over the line. But I can't, can only agree with what the guy is saying. You just wonder these little results that could have gone their way, little kind of almost sliding doors moments, how much closer they could have been to a... A top four that, well, especially, you know, the, the final two that got in there that have yeah. kind of slipped and slided all over the place, really. And, and Spurs kind of could have taken advantage of that, but they never really pushed quite enough. You know, don't get me wrong. As Lee said, after the restart, it's been a, a much more consistent, I'd say, a solid team at the back other than the goal on Sunday, which was kind of a bit back to the horrendous shift of the night. Yeah. But other than that, you know, Spurs could have they could have just done this a little bit more. They could have had just a bit more edge to their play, um, and hopefully, with the right additions, the right tweaks, you'll see that next season. See, I, 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 I Alistair, 
I only half agree in so much as I think the reason why the football's been so bad is because Mourinho's had to rely on a safety-first approach, largely because you look at the teams, even mid-season, that they couldn't beat. You know, Norwich scored against them, Southampton scored against them, they couldn't beat Middlesbrough away in the FA Cup in normal time. And then at home, Middlesbrough scored against him again. Couldn't be relegated Watford. Couldn't, could not keep, couldn't keep a clean sheet against Norwich, Southampton, Aston Villa. You know, it, it's just the list you look through their form. I forgot about Arthur Deluxe, Darren Chews for that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I mate. forgot how poor it was. Always happy to oblige. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the fact is that and it goes back to what I was saying before. When when Alderweireld was available for twenty five million pounds, there were no takers for it, and I think perhaps there was a view. Maybe it might have been harsh, but maybe there was a feeling that maybe his best years were behind him. The club hasn't wanted to keep Vertonghen, um, and I just think that going into last summer, the club needed to be a bit more decisive about what they wanted to do. When Christian Eriksen said, like, I fancy new challenge, at another club, he'd have been out, you know, at Manchester City, at Liverpool. Once you publicly say that, you're done. Imagine going... I agree with that, mate. I think, in all seriousness, I I think that the club have not been decisive enough about moving players on and they've not been decisive enough about getting players in. And if you look at the areas now where they've got to strengthen... They need competition for the goalkeeper now that Vaughan's gone. They need strengthening a centre-half, right-back, left-back. I still think they need another midfielder. They probably need another right-winger. Uh, Mora probably could continue to do a job there. And they need competition for Harry, even though you've got Son. You know, if you look at Man United, they've got Rashford, they've got Martial, they've got Igalo, they've got Greenwood, who scored 16 goals this season. You know, they have got firepower to go into the new season and they are still talking about potentially getting another striker and still Spurs rely on Harry Kane. You know, you need another striker, you need firepower if you're going to shoot your way out of games, otherwise you've got no chance. Lee, Lee, come around to you. Just a last question in terms of the start of football. We've got a lot to talk about, so we're going to move it on after this. This is from Chris Sadler at Tottenham H1970, and he says, Francis and Graham turned us around in the short term back in the day. The style of play seems to resemble Jose Mourinho, what he's turned us into. Not sustainable with fans unless we win every week. How likely is it that without big changes on tactics and major upgrades in a number of positions in the summer, that the football, in terms of the style, is going to remain the same? Well, he won't change. There's, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I don't know if the lads agree with me on that. He's not going to change. The, the fellas won everything in the game twice over. Like he's not going to change his style for that. It's not. It's not happening. He might adapt certain things, but you know that he he is in a counter-attacking. Um, genius for, for one but well, I agree with Alistair we talked about in terms of Leicester City I thought it was a very enjoyable game could have won 5-6-0 um, you, know, uh, you know who cares about possession we had 53% possession against Palace and we drew 1-1 possession may, means nothing I think for me when you look at Jose Mourinho's record he came in uh, correct me if I'm wrong here but uh, uh, Claudio Ranieri uh, finished second with Chelsea um, and got to a semi-final in the Champions League and he got sacked Jose Mourinho coming that season Claudio Ranieri's team conceded 35 goals. The, the, the following season, Jose Mourinho won the title for the first time in 50-odd years with Chelsea, conceded in the Premier League, 15 goals. It's what he does. 
He shores things up. He makes them a solid unit. That is what Jose Mourinho does. And then after that, he hopefully will layer certain things on. No one can say that there wasn't some attacking prowess in them Chelsea teams that you built, you know, with Arjun Robin and, you know, Damien Duff and Didier Drogba scoring goals for fun. Um, you know, the, the, the average amount of goals, I've said this a couple of weeks back, Rick, on the pod, you know, uh, Jose Mourinho's teams average uh, over, uh, over six or seven seasons with them top clubs. 80 goals a season that will put them in the top three in the last nine seasons in the Premier League so we've got we, we have got goals and I think that what Darren's talking about in terms of you know the Manchester United strikers it's a fantastic point we rely way too much on Harry Kane we need to have a backup striker in there but first and foremost if you look at our goal scored tally this year versus um, uh, anyone else's in, in the league it's not that bad the, the, the issue, the tally has been the amount of goals that we've let in. and So we have to build a foundation. It's a mentality change to say, stop conceding goals. Then we can start to build. So hopefully the football will, will get more, more exciting. But to answer the question, I don't think he's going to change that. He's going to build a foundation. It's a little bit the reverse of what Liverpool did. When Klopp came in at Liverpool, he attacked, he attacked, he attacked, but he was still getting turned over by Watford or whatever. Um, uh, you know, in a similar vein to what Darren just pointed out to, you know, we couldn't beat Villa, we, you know, we, we, we couldn't beat Watford and, and whatever. Then that, that sudden doors moment that Alistair Gold just talked about was with Liverpool was ironically the Tottenham 4-1 at Wembley. And then all of a sudden Klopp says, right, uh, you know, we need this goalkeeper. We need this about we got. And now look at what they've built there. It's absolutely amazing. And he transformed that team. I think there's there's only probably one player that's still in a squad from when he walk, walked through the door. Whereas when you look at Marino and, and, and previously to Pochettino, there's still probably eight or nine players that are still here that were that were here when um, when we had that title challenge against Leicester. So something's got to change and, and, and hopefully it will in the summer. I think what we have to say, just to kind of caveat what we've said in terms of the style, style so far, that Mourinho, after the game, I know Ali, you were there in the press conference, he said that he had to be pragmatic after finding out Chelsea were beating Wolves because his side were paying quite poorly and he, he kind of used that as a reference why maybe you know the way that Spurs approached that second half or certainly the game wasn't up to maybe the standards of what Spurs fans feel the style might be but I mean we are talking about a side now that are going to enter the second qualifying round which is a one-legged playoff in September the 17th that's if Arsenal win the FA Cup if Chelsea win the FA Cup Spurs go straight into the group stages of the Europa League and I think Ali many people after the game yesterday you know they laughed at the fact Mourinho was celebrating a place in Europe next season. But the reality is that it is going to create more funds for the players this summer in a time when, let's be honest about it, many clubs are going to be restricted because of COVID. And Europa League football, you know, it's better than no European football whatsoever. What did you make, Ali, of the kind of the, the huddle after the game with Mourinho and his coaching staff? I mean, do you feel that it's really important for the club to achieve European football? And what's been, let's be honest about it, a car crash of a season? It, it was classic Mourinho, wasn't it? I think anyone from the outside looking in is like, eh? You know, you were in a Champions League final 12 months ago and you're, you know, enormous. <laughs> you know, we weren't far from the kind of extended subs bench that they had at Selhurst Park. And honestly, all the staff at the final whistle, there's an enormous cheer when it went up. It was like, you know, it was a proper, you know, won the title moment. It, it was a bit weird, but it's a classic Mourinho thing of, celebrating kind of the job that he feels he and his staff have done, you know, and he, he does. He, it's Jose Mourinho. So he will constantly tell you about the wonderful things he thinks he's done, uh, even though he says it in a jokey way. Um, and for him, you know, he feels it's an achievement. And I think 
I suppose his record, he said afterwards, he's, I think he's always qualified for European con- competition in every season with every club he's been at. That's his kind of little record he's got. And and I guess for Tottenham, you know, let, let's not kid ourselves. It's not riches in the Europa League. We're not talking about, you know, Spurs when they went to the final. I think they made 100 million that year from the Champions League. It's not going to be like that in Europa. It's going to be, you know, we we're looking at half of that at best. Um, I remember way back in the Europa League, they clubs used to actually make a loss with their travels. I think they've they've bumped it up a little bit since the, the revenue and, and the prize money and everything. But yeah, it's you know it's another trophy that Tottenham and Mourinho can try and win. And I don't think Tottenham can be sniffy about any kind of silverware, <laughs> quite frankly, because it's just been none of it. You know, one in twenty years we know about. It's it's obviously constantly said. And, you know, God, they haven't won a, a league title in, in 60 years next year. So, yes, Spurs certainly can't turn their noses up at any extra chance to get some silverware. And the Europa League is a better, ch- well, you say a better chance. Obviously, they're in the final last year of the Champions League. But it obviously, on paper, presents a more realistic opportunity to win a trophy. And, you know, Tottenham need it. They desperately need it. They just, I think with Mourinho, he, he kind of, he does this thing that Brian Clough always used to do of trying to win that first trophy to start the ball rolling. Whereas Pochettino, it was never about that. It was, you know, I don't want to parrot the comments it came out with that he got loads of flack for, but essentially it was, it was all about the Premier League and Champions League and that was it. Whereas Mourinho has always had this philosophy is you get that first trophy, you start the ball rolling and the others will come. He's done it at every club, whether it's a League Cup, whether it's a Europa League, you know, even little tiny things like the, the Charity Shields and those kind of ones, just to get that winning mentality. And I think, you know, Tottenham need to take every opportunity next season and the Europa League gives them that. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, Darren, a lot has been made about Mourinho. In terms of looking at maybe the positives, I mean, listen, we're going to base it on the table when he came into the job that when he joined, Spurs were 14th. He has faced a lot of adversity since he's been here. He's had a lot of multiple injuries to key players. He has secured, as I said, European football. We're hoping that's going to be big in terms of additional transfer funds to try and change this team how he personally wants. Would you, Darren, describe it as a respectable job from when he came in? How would you analyse from losing Maurizio to gaining Mourinho to now? Give us a kind of rating of the season for you. I would rate the season at about, I'd say, five. Because I can't lie, I am disappointed about the season. You can't be in the Champions League one season and then scraping into the Europa League. Uh, the following season and then expect a six from me. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I, I think uh, as far as... Uh, I think as far... Look, all the points that Alistair make, makes and, and, and Lee makes are valid. I'm a little bit of a Mourinho fan in so much as in football sometimes you create a... a reputation and it's hard to shake it and I think he's finding it hard to shake it but I think there is a reality about the fact that all before Mourinho arrived Spurs were playing terrible football and they were getting eviscerated we were both Alistair and I there on the night of uh, Spurs to Bayern 7 you know and Bayern could have had 10 on that night and we actually thought that Pochettino was going to get sacked on that night and the problem was never in my opinion Pochettino. The problem was that the club hadn't managed to get out players and bring in new players and re-strengthen and recalibrate in the manner that they should have done last summer. And those chickens were coming home to roost. And I think all season long, 
and this is why I have sympathy with Mourinho, he's been labouring with players that are past their best and and just incapable of, of keeping clean sheets against sides in the bottom three, in the bottom six. It, it was... It's remarkable to see a, a club and a team. Remember when Alderweireld joined and Spurs had one season the joint best defensive record in the Premier League and the following season the best. And White Hart Lane, as it was then, was impregnable. you know. And then they went from that to this shambles at the moment. So as far as the future is concerned, I'd like to keep an open mind because I'm quite optimistic that that the pressure will be on. Listen, I think Mourinho wants want to prove a few people wrong, first of all. And I also think he is still ambitious. I agree with with Alan. I think that he's going to want to start a culture of winning at Spurs. And I'll be very interested to see, not so much the technical ability of the player that he brings in, but whether they've got a little bit of an edge. You know, whether they are the kind of street fighter that he wants at the club. Because he's always said, hasn't he, that the players at Spurs at the moment, they're too nice. And I wonder if he may well move a couple of players on and bring in a couple more street fighters to, to cope and maybe tough out a few wins. And you know, we've seen Chelsea do it. We've seen bigger clubs do it. Sometimes it's OK to win ugly. But at the end of the day, you need to win. And that's what Spurs haven't done enough of. I think those celebrations the other night were because he clearly had a brief from the club. Get us back into Europe. You can't get us back into the Champions League but at least get us back into Europe. And they did it. Um, and as we all know, this is a results business. If you don't get them, you know, Ramos, League Cup one season, following season, first eight games, terrible, out. That's the way it works. So he had to get them back into the Europa League. They've done it now. And um, now they'll be cheering on Chelsea next weekend yeah. so that they can hopefully go into the group stages. God, we've, we have to cheer on Chelsea not once but twice. God, it just feels very, very bizarre, this, but that's what it is life as a Spurs fan at the moment, having to cheer on other clubs to uh, support you. That's, uh, I say, life being as a Spurs fan. I mean, we have had some news from the club or, say, Mourinho as such that he broke the news that Ledley King will be joining his coaching team. He says that he's worked with him quite closely um, in a period. He knows what he can give and he knows that he has a lot to learn. He's very happy that Ledley's going to join him. What do you feel, Lee, about that appointment of Ledley's to the coaching staff? I mean, I've had the pleasure of meeting Ledley on numerous occasions, doing some work with the Tottenham Hotspur Foundation and, and, and the likes. And uh, he's not only a, a wonderful, wonderful player, but, uh, you know, a, a top man as well. Um, and I think it can only be a, a, a fantastic addition to the coaching staff. He's, he's one of our own, generally one of our own, a one-club man. One of the best defenders, um, you know, in in the Premier League. If it wasn't hampered by his knee injuries, as I'm sure we'll agree, um, you know, he could have probably got over 100 caps for England. In my, in my opinion, I called I called Jan Vertonghen this week a Rolls Royce of a defender, and and Ledley was also that as well. I mean, you know, how how he can get off the bus uh, not thinking he's going to play uh, against Liverpool, and then Harry says to Mark, "Do you fancy 90 minutes a day?" And then he goes and puts in a man of the match performance, for example. It's just a measure of the man. So, you know, if he's if he has worked. Um, as what Jose said in, in the lockdown period and we have seen them improvements of, of, of that defence as, as uh, um, Alistair mentioned before as well then look I think I'm all for it I think he's a, a wonderful wonderful ambassador or has been a wonderful ambassador for the club and now he gets to, to start putting his, um, his football brain and his, and his football skills into, uh, into, into a much needed uh, um, area of defence that, uh, that we want to improve so I think it's a fantastic addition yeah, I mean, the man who's replacing Ricardo Forminso was a tactical analyst. I mean, Ali, 
I want to ask you, I know you're, you're very well connected around Tottenham in terms of the club. Do you think this is more a appointment to maybe appease some fans that are struggling to get behind Mourinho? Or do you think he genuinely wants to give Ledley that opportunity to work under him? Because I do, in the back of my mind, feel that Ledley is slowly being coached, not right now, maybe in a you know number of years to come, to maybe one day have that step up to be the Spurs boss or Spurs head coach. What's your feelings on that? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle with Mourinho. I think it's the perfect PR move. Of course it is. You know, Spurs fans absolutely adore Lindy King. You know, he was one of the best players to ever pull on a Tottenham shirt, quite frankly, even with one knee, you know. And I think, but Mourinho <laughs> does have uh, this kind of, I think he's done it at pretty much every club. He, he brings through a young coach associate with the club, you know, or or he keeps a young coach on his staff who was already there. So it's it's certainly not something I don't think that's been foisted upon him at all. But what I find fascinating with the whole Ledley stuff is, you know, I'm sure like like Darren have been very fortunate enough to speak to him a lot of times. You know, Spurs obviously put him up for a lot of things as a club ambassador. But I spoke to him at the stadium. Oh, when was it? About maybe a year, eighteen months ago, and he was very much, I'm, I'm done with coaching. I'm done with it for now. It just didn't really take for me. It was, you know, it's. I just kind of, I just felt if I couldn't put my whole heart into it, I wasn't going to do it. And then something changed last summer. I spoke to him out in, what was it, Shanghai on the pre-season tour. He was coaching some young kids. And I just asked him kind of again, you know, have you thought about going back into coaching? And it was literally like a different guy. Something had changed during that time and he was completely opposite. It was like, no, I really, I'm ready. I'm really hungry. I really want to get back into it. And it's like... I think he said even, you know, management as well in the future. So something, I think, from what I can tell, I think with Pochettino, he, he kind of had a lot of chats with him. I think he he kind of encouraged him that, you know, get back into this. It's something that you could really do. And the guy, he's only 39, which is incredible. You think of, obviously, how long ago he had to retire. But, you know, he's got so much to give. And, and it'll be really interesting to see what he does at the club because Ricardo Formosino was obviously a tactical anal an analyst. Um, but João Sacramento that's pretty much his field. He's like one of the foremost young students, the whole tactical analysis side of the game. So clearly he, he's going to be able to absorb a lot of that role. So Ledley, you know, you'd think he's not going to come in in, in that aspect. He's going to come in defensive side. That's what Mourinho had him working on. It was pre-lockdown. I think it was around March, early March, February. He came in, he did a little bit of work with the defenders. I think that's where we'll see him used. And yeah, wow. Can you imagine if Ledley King could go on go through the levels because Mourinho, you know, he has his managerial disciples around the world that have gone yeah. on and done really good things. Yeah. If he could do that with Ludwig King, I think it would be such a fitting end to a story that he, he was a magnificent player, but ultimately with Ledley, it's still always the what if, you know, what if he had both his mix absolutely fine, how great he could have been. Yeah. And if he can so have a happy his story in a coaching or a managerial point of way what a wonderful way to end his story because he doesn't deserve to have it end the way it did no i totally agree with darren bringing you in i know obviously you've had the pleasure as ali said there to interview Ledley many times. I mean, as a player, Ledley was, you know, very calm, very collective. Maybe not the guy that was the most loudest on the pitch, but he led by the way he played the game. For you, can you imagine maybe one day Ledley managing Tottenham? Is that something you could imagine? Absolutely. Uh, Ledley is, <laughs> he'd be Tottenham's Lampard, wouldn't he? he? He would be loved by the entire fan base. He'd be respected. There'd be a will for him to do well. Uh, I, I just, I endorse everything that Ali said, I won't add too much more to it. I would just say that 
I think when you're talking about Rolls Royces, there's an elite band of Rolls Royces, certainly in Premier League years. Van Dijk is in there and I'd put Ledley in there. I wouldn't put too many others personally in there because like Van Dijk, Ledley used to make things look effortless. You know who else I'd put in there? Maybe the first couple of years at, at, at Tottenham, Alderweireld, because as soon yeah. as he came in, yeah. he lifted the, everyone around him. It was a shambles before he got there, but suddenly they had organisation, they had leadership. Well, Ledley even took that on a level because he made everything look so effortless. And if he could give even a smidgen of that class to the Tottenham back four, then maybe those days of you being impregnable might come back because he. I, I, I'm actually amazed that you know nobody could persuade him to do the coaching beforehand because what an asset he would have been either to Pochettino's team or to any of the guys who'd been there beforehand. But certainly, yeah, I, I think as far as he is concerned he'll be a terrific addition coaching setup. I never forget the tackle um, against Iron Robin uh, that Ledley yeah. did. I mean, he come from nowhere. <laughs> Do you remember that, lads? He come from nowhere. How he got that ball? How he got his leg uh, in front of uh, Robin? I have no idea, but he did it, and, and he did that week in week out for the people to go and watch him every week. It, absolute class defender. Totally agree. Yeah, top man. This is a guy that, let's be honest, never trained every week. A complete freak of nature. I mean, I think Harry called him like I say a freak of machine. Wonderful player. So pleased to see him back at the club. Like I say, in that coaching role. Obviously, he was a club ambassador. So fantastic to see him under Mourinho's coaching staff next season. Well, we are going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we're going to be talking about Harry Kane continuing to stop the criticism. We're going to be talking about Jan Vertonghen's farewell, Jafet Tanganga putting pen to paper on a new contract and what this rebuild of Spurs looks like. Do not go anywhere. We are back after this very, very short break. As a business owner, things are really hard right now. It doesn't matter what kind of business you run, we're all looking for the right financial support to help us find a way. From the bread makers and the risk takers to the B&B owners and the work from homers, the hop heads and tech led, break of dawners and midnight oilers, the British Business Bank, backed by UK government, is here to help you find a way. Get started by searching British Business Bank to access financial information that could help your business. What have you missed the most? A haircut? A visit to the shops? Oh, you look lovely in that. What about a nice lunch? Fish and chips, please. Salt and vinegar with that. Or an afternoon in a pub garden. <laughs> Fancy a casual bike ride? Or perhaps something a little more intense? <laughs> or maybe you want a relaxing day out? Whatever you've missed, get out there and enjoy it again safely. Find out how at gov.uk forward slash enjoy summer safely. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Just want to say before we carry on the show, thank you ever so much for all of the very, very kind words that you give over to us at The Last Word on Spurs. I mean, it's been an incredible journey for us over the last three to four years. We've, like I say, got wonderful guests on like this with us every single week. And like I say, if you again love the show, please feel free to go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and keep on sending us your love for the show. And we'll try our very best to carry on throughout this period as much as we can in the build-up to next season because we haven't got long at all. And Darren, one of the things with Spurs that we always get, whatever the game, is criticism, uh, meltdowns over team lineups with Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I-, I wanted to ask you again is that we saw he make only the one change yesterday. We saw Eric Dyer 
back from his ban, straight into the team in place of Damison Sanchez, who for me personally, I don't feel Damison has done much wrong recently to have been dropped, but obviously Dyer, he signed that new contract, he seems to be keen in Mourinho's mindset. What did you make of the team selection? And one player I do want to ask you all about, Jetson Fernandes. I mean, Darren, you made it very clear off air to me that, look, if we spend that little bit more money on 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 Bruno, God, we could have been in the Champions League. I mean, what does the future hold for Jetson Fernandes in a Tottenham shirt? 18-month loan, hasn't really had any input. Is this a guy that needs to hit the ground running pre-season for Tottenham to have an impact next season? Big time. I think that... You need to really be seeing something that's going to encourage you that he was a good investment. Lacelso showed that during the first half of this season, and that's why they made his loan spell permanent. Haven't really seen that from Fernandez, and so I'd be very interested to see whether he can produce something during preseason that will encourage the club to to kind of invest on a longer term basis. Um, Dyer is very much Mourinho, Mourinho's man. Um, he knows him. I remember early in the season where he hauled him off in a game midway through the first half. You may, Ali, you might be able to remember which one it was. Um, well, Olympia. all of you probably could remember which was. Which one was it? Olympiacos, I think. At that's home, right. Wasn't yeah, because we. That's that's spot on. Yeah, Olympiacos at home. Yeah, he sacrificed. Him, didn't he? I think he sacrificed him. Yeah. And there's a reason why I ask Ali because a lot of us in the in the press box at the time thought, hey, hang on a minute. What's going on here? And we thought it was a story. But Dyer was relaxed about it because he understands Mourinho. He understands the way Mourinho works. And so it, it's not that much of a problem for him. Sanchez wasn't Mourinho's buy. It was Pochettino's buy. And I think um, I, I'd be interested to see what happens with Sanchez, actually, because if you replace him with Dyer, who for me is more of a midfielder than a centre-half, you, you guys may disagree, and, and that's fine. But you've got to keep a clean sheet. And they couldn't get to a side that had lost their previous seven games. So I can see why the fan base is split over a decision, for example, like that. What I do think is that Mourinho is trying to remould Spurs in his own image. And I think we'll see more of that, not just this summer, but over the, last, over the next six, to eight, six, to, six months to a year. Um, as he tries to make it a little bit more solid, a little bit more resilient. I think there will be a little bit of free-flowing play because that's the way, you you know, as a club, Spurs like to play their football and there'll be certainly an onus on him as well as getting results. We saw Chris Hewitt got results at Brighton last year but still got the sack because they want to see the style of football that Graham Potter plays. Yeah. And that may well be the case as far as Mourinho is concerned. Um, but I, I think that we're seeing Mourinho now look to reshape that side in his own image. Ali, just to bring you in on this, I mean, one of the things with Spurs that I look at, and listen, I, I totally understand that he obviously likes Dyer. I mean, it's, I think, well-known. He tried to sign him at Manchester United, and, you know, he feels that he's worthy of a new deal. I then look at someone like Ben Davis at left-back. Again, Ben, he's given a lot of praise to, and I will understand Ben Davis, look, totally reliable, dependable. You know, he's had 7 out of 10 every week. But when I look at that Spurs defence, for me personally... It doesn't excite me in terms of that this defence is going to be able to be good enough to try and go up against the likes of the Liverpool, against the Man Cities. Um, you look at our fullbacks again as an option, you know, Aurea, and I'd say I mentioned Davis. I mean, Ali, do you think there's any sign in the summer that you know Spurs? It's an area where you think they are going to look to try and upgrade upon because the teams around us, or should I say, ahead of us? I mean, they seem so far ahead of us in this department. 
Oh man, I'm going to give you such a disappointing answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, right back, I think right back you'll have to see an addition because I think Carl Walker Peters will will move on. I mean, there's a chance that Serge Aurier might want to move on. He asked to move last summer. And whether Mourinho is a factor that makes him want to stay, I don't know. You know, this is a guy that he, he, I think he said it was for family reasons before. So whether that has changed or not, I don't know. But I do think right back, you'll have to see a change. Central fence, I think if you're Mourinho and you're looking at it and you're seeing Dyer is essentially not quite solving, but is your answer to the Vertonghen departure because he's uh, converted him, he's decided... He actually said the other day, I'm, I want to be the best uh, central defender in the Premier League, which is a big claim. So you've got Dyer, Alderweireld, Sanchez and Tanganga. And obviously Davies can also play at centre-back if required. You might look at that and think that's enough bodies. I think Foyth probably will move on in some capacity, whether it's permanently or on loan. But whether that four with a fifth who can cover, you know, Tanganga signing his new deal, it's... He's a guy they've got such high hopes for. And we, you know, we can't discount him. And they've also included um, young Malachi Fagan-Walcott is going to be training with the first team next season. Got a lot of high hopes for him. He made his Champions League debut in the late on against Leipzig. Um, I, I don't know centre-back-wise whether that's an area when you're very low on funds this summer. You know, we can't forget. I know I've parroted it quite a lot, but Spurs have estimated £200 million in losses in the next financial year. So, if you're going to be very careful and clever with where you spend your money, I'm not entirely sure they'll do it in a position that he feels he's got a lot of bodies in. And the same with left-back's a weird one. You've got Ben Davies, who he is a steady Eddie. He's a, he's a very composed guy. He, he, people forget he had a brilliant season the year Danny Rose got injured. Yeah, um, yep. He was phenomenal. Um, I, I actually threw a stat at him that season, which he was surprised at. He created more chances, opportunities for the teammates than any other defender in the Premier League that year. So he can do it, but I think he's just known of this kind of more of defensive left-back. I think that the long-term progression for the club, I think they intend to eventually see Ryan Sessegnon there, but they just don't feel, especially Mourinho, doesn't feel he's ready yet to be a left-back. And so I guess you've got that, and you've got young Dennis Serkin as well, who Mourinho's taken a real liking to. So I do feel that it's probably just the right-back that's, that's going to be the main position they'll concentrate on. I just want to say on Dyer as well, I think the reason Mourinho really loves him, apart from obviously the Portuguese connection and the fact that he's wanted him at Man U, I think he sees him as a leader. And that's maybe something that Tottenham don't have a lot of. Um, he's a very vocal guy, very intelligent guy, very tactically aware guy. Um, whether it was the right thing to bring him straight back in Palace, I don't know. I do agree that I thought Davinson Sanchez had had some really good games up to that point. And as Darren said, you know, he very much was a Pochettino by Sanchez. He was someone who... You know, Pochettino, I remember him saying, had the ability to be the, one of the best defenders in the world. Um, whereas Mourinho, if you'll remember after the Europa League final, actually had a little bit of a dig, didn't he, at Sanchez when they played mm. Ajax United and said, this is a guy we knew technically wasn't good enough so we could target him and let him have possession. Um, and you do wonder whether... Mm, interesting. Yeah, he feels he can mould him, whether he can fix that. Can you actually fix technical issues? But personally, I think there's a player in there. It's just kind of... Improving his decision-making for me is probably the one thing that I feel lets him down. Um, by all means, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy that passes it about. I mean, we've seen what's happened to Loris. Loris now does not play passes out. He is freed from that duty. He lumps that ball up the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Brute one style. 
So mm-hmm. if you take that away from Sanchez, the rest of his game, I think he can be a very effective defender. But um, yeah, so in essence, I still think just the right back will be the role. Lee, just want to reflect with you, Lee, in terms of that starting lineup. As I mentioned, we saw Eric Dyer come back into that team. As I said, no place in the squad for Jedson Fernandez. Tell us your thought process, Lee, behind that selection by Jose Mourinho. And yeah, your thoughts in terms of Davison Sanchez being dropped to the bench as well. I thought it was a strange... I, I say a strange one. I mean, obviously, uh, Dyer's just signed a new contract. We all know, uh, as the lads have already said about, you know, uh, Jose Mourinho's love for, for Dyer. So I wasn't surprised that he came back in, but... I think when when you look at the, the the last shambles bit of defending that that we'd done was against Sheffield United and and <laughs> that was Eric Dyer's last game as a centre back before his ban um, and you know we'd been defending you know resolutely since, since that game um, again correct me if I'm wrong here Rick I, I think we only conceded one did we I, I think in, in in the preceding game so um, you know from from that perspective lots of clean sheets racking up and and etc cetera, etc cetera. and I think Davison was playing really well. Um, so for, to to change a winning team um, is always a bit for me anyway, because ultimately, you know, if if it's not broke, don't fix it type thing. So, um, but Dyer coming back in, he's, he's he's clearly played his cards there to, to for me to actually say Dyer's going to be his main man next year. Um, although saying that, he did play him with Sanchez and leave Toby out, didn't he, at the beginning of the restart? So we have to see how he shuffles his pack around. I think on Jetson uh, Fernandez, I think I said a couple of shows back, and I don't mean this with disrespect for it, it's a little bit of fun, but you know, all them years ago when Manchester United signed uh, a new Portuguese rising star and Tottenham also signed one, we signed uh, um, Hel- uh, Postiga and uh, Manchester United start- signed Ronaldo. And it does feel a little bit like the same things happened this time, <laughs> it? We got the, the uh, one Fernandez, but it was the wrong one. Um, and, and like Darren mentioned before, you know, the the uplift in form and the uplift in, in just around the dressing room and, you know, the, 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 the almost air of Eric Cantona about this fellow. I don't want to have too much praise on him, but, you know, he's got his chest puffed out. He's give me the ball. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to yeah. shoot. I'm going to make stuff happen. And, and he's done that for Manchester United. When you look at their points return um, since the restart, it was, uh, I think their points return has been 20 um, or 21. And our points return has been 18. You know, that, that three points, that's, that's all it's been. And, you know, he's been assisting goals and scoring goals for fun as well. And I know he's a penalty take on stuff like that as well. So I think with Jedson uh, Fernandez, he, he, uh, I think he needs to know where his place is in the team. You know, it's, it's all very well having lots of different players that are versatile and lots of managers nowadays like that, right? And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, you know, you, you know, we just talked about Dyer. Is it, is it, is he a holding midfielder? Is he a centre-back? You know, you know, the Davis, he can play centre-back or he can play left-back. Versatility is great, but where is Jetson Fernandez's best position? I don't think we've seen enough of him have, have we yet, lads, to, to, to kind of know what is he? Is he a number eight? Is he, is he out on the wing? I mean, he, he, Jose brought him on against, I can't remember which game it was on, but he, he brought him on and played him left wing, which mm. clearly isn't a left winger, right? So, some strange things going on with Jetson, but I don't know. I mean, he's on he's on loan. He's a, he's a youngster as well, so look, m- maybe there is a there is a, a an athleticism about him that that Jose likes and that work rate. You know, you, you look at somebody like a Lucas Moura, and there's absolutely no doubt in any of our minds that he is working so hard now is, yep. to retrieve the ball. More jewels um, have he won than any other Spurs player against Palace. Crazy. I mean, and, and that wasn't was a great t- performance, then- but he worked ever so hard. He did, and, and and was it ten more, ten tackles or something like that? The yep. game before or something Arsenal, mad yep, stats. So yep. yeah, against Arsenal. Sorry. Yep. So you know he he's obviously got him working really really hard, and that's what he wants. Uh, coming back to what Ali said earlier, you know, 
Jose Mourinho wants people that that want to win and that they want to do that for the team. And there's there's no, you know, that's why he takes on these superstars, doesn't he? He's done it in every club that he goes goes in at. He takes these superstars on to to kind of say, well, I want a reaction from you, and um and 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 ultimately maybe that's what he's uh, you know he's trying to get that mentality change in, in into the Tottenham squad. Yeah, Ali, I've got to ask you about those kind of players that Lee's mentioned there. I want to ask you about Jetson in terms of what you see his involvement is going to be next season and Lacelso as well I mean again it's one of those things that we know as Spurs fans you know it appeared that Spurs were getting close to trying to secure a deal with Bruno Fernandes and you look at the way that he has personally gone into that club and as Lee said has transformed that side I mean I think he's carried carried United to the Champions League do you think in time Lacelso can be that kind of player for Tottenham and yeah give us your thoughts also on on Jetson I mean, certainly starting with Jetson, I think Lee absolutely nailed it there. It, it's his position. That's been the biggest issue. You know, we, we can't forget this is a very young guy. He literally turned 21 like a couple of days before he um, signed for Spurs. He is a young guy. And that was one of his issues at Benfica is they don't really know what he is right now. You know, he's is he um, a guy that's going to sit in front of your defence? Is he a box-to-box midfielder? Is he a winger? Like Lee said, I think it was against Norwich. He was playing on the left in the cup game and He's played on the right. Uh, Mourinho's had him training at right back at times in um, at Hotspur Way in case Serge Aurier gets injured. This is a guy who, yeah, I mean, I wrote a piece about Jan Vertonghen, which I'm sure we'll come to later. And, and I always feel with, there's this expression, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And I felt Vertonghen was kind of, was a master of a lot of positions, whereas Jedson at the moment isn't able to master any of them. And I think that's, something that Mourinho really needs to work with him. The, the aspect of the loan deal in itself is beneficial to Tottenham. It gives them an 18-month kind of, essentially a development window to see whether this guy can actually be a worthwhile signing. You know, it, we're not talking mega mega money, um, but, you know, he could potentially develop into a player, they think, that is worth less than the set fee that they'll pay for him. But they just need to find out what he is. Because right now, you know, we know Spurs have got midfield issues. I think that was one of their major problems uh, against Palace as well, that both Sissoko and Winks probably had their worst games in a while. And, and there was no, I don't know, there was there's, if they knew what Jedson was and what he brought and what he can provide to a team, that's that's exactly the scenario where you're going to bring him into. Um, and in terms of uh, Lo Celso, I think Lo Celso's had a bit of an awkward one because he's had this groin injury that he's been carrying since, I think it was Burnley was it late on against Burnley before lockdown that he picked up and it never quite went away over lockdown because as Mourinho said he wasn't able to get the specialist proper treatment he required because obviously you you weren't able to mix you weren't allowed to have someone come around your house or go into the training ground and I think he's probably done well despite that I think again there's a little aspect also of finding what his best position is is it in that more um, kind of deeper playmaker role which uh, he pretty much played um, in in Spain in uh, before he came to um, to England, and that was more his. He was kind of more in a deeper role, but he still scored quite a few goals. Whereas with Tottenham, they, they don't seem to quite know exactly where to use him yet, and I think that's a problem that Mourinho needs to solve. I think Mourinho has been delighted with him. He admitted he didn't have a clue what to do with him when he first arrived at the club, but he's actually evolved into a real key player for him. And I think a lot of that is, as we've kind of said, he's a. Uh, how do I put this in a nice way? He's a bit of an arse, quite frankly, on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, a bit nasty. There's a bit of something about him, isn't there? It's, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of... Like yeah. Mello. Elbows yeah. lying everywhere. Like Deli Ali. Like Deli Ali when he first yeah. came to the club, they had something about him. 
Massively. And they're the kind of players, like Ander Herrera at United, Mourinho would be kind of players, who will constantly be a pest for you. And I think he has that. But I do feel that Spurs, and I mean, from everything I heard at the time, the intention was to try and bring in another player with Lo Celso. And they were trying for Fernandes. But I think the biggest issue was they couldn't shift Ericsson. They didn't get a big enough offer that summer for Ericsson. As far as I'm aware, they've got no real serious offers for Ericsson. I suppose if you're a club and Christian Ericsson, you knew he was going to be available in a year's time for absolutely free, you probably weren't going to go for the kind of money that Spurs... Spurs, apparently, were looking for similar money to the Hazard deal. Hazard went to um, Real Madrid in the last year of his contract. I think it was £109 million all in. Um, That's mad. Spurs being Spurs was saying, well, we've got a younger player who, you know, you'll get many years out of. And it's a bit like selling a car, isn't it? Um, oh, dear. Only top. Only top. <laughs> we think we want And with that price tag on his head, no one came near. And I think that was more what scuppered Spurs being able to just go that extra mile with Fernandes. Like you say, you're seeing now that yeah. he's been terrific for United. He's yeah. absolutely terrific. Yeah, it's really, it's really it. interesting. Sorry, Rick. It's just really interesting hearing your views, uh, Alistair, as well on kind of that positional sense and stuff. Because you think of, but you think about the players that have lit up like a, a holding midfield role, um, for for example, all, all around the world. But you know, you, you look at like a Busquets or whatever. You look at like a, a Kante is probably the best example. You know, in the in the modern times in the Premier League, you look at him. You look at his physique. You look at. You wouldn't look at him as a a big powerful holding midfielder type person from from back in the day but he is he, he played two positions in, 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 in once almost didn't he we, you know when his breakthrough season at Leicester and then obviously at Chelsea it's absolutely magnificent holding midfield player and you just wonder don't don't at me here listeners right but you know you just wonder whether or not you know mentioned Herrera as well you know he's quite a small slight individual but like a little I don't know like a little yappy dog almost like wrapped around your, your ankles could somebody like a Jedson do that type of role? You know, where is he? He's just, he's just, he's athletic. He gets around a pitch. He breaks play up and lets somebody else go and do do that business. It's, I suppose it's like a, a Musa Sissoko. You know, like that's the type of role that he's been playing for us over the last kind of year or so. I mean, I'm not saying he should be, but I'm saying, like like we've just all discussed, we don't know where Jedson's going to play. So we don't know how good he can be. Yeah, interestingly, you didn't name the one player who physically probably has more like a Herrera game. That's Harry Winks. Yeah, interesting. Well, I look at... Is it, I mean, I, I again, I, I don't know whether we can we can have a quick section, can we, Rick, on, on Ali, Winks? It's up to Ali. Have you got the time, Ali? Have you got the time? Yeah, I've got time. You sure, mate? You I sure? Think, okay, go for it, Ali. Go for it. I think... I think with Winks, right, for, for, for me, I'd just love to get your view, uh, Alistair, if I can, right, is that he's one of our own. He absolutely loves Spurs. We all, we all know that. Coming through the academy just has has something, you know, Jaffet Tanganga, you know, the, the, the Ryan Mason, you know, the you know Harry Kane, obviously Ledley King we talked about before. But but he does polarise opinion some, somewhat, even, even on, you know, even on the pods, you know, on the, on the guests that we have on the pods. It's like, I'm not so, quite sure about Harry Winks. I'm not sure. I mean, he wears number eight on his back, and I think he is probably more of a number eight, but he's definitely been playing in that, you know, deeper line midfield role. I mean, you look at somebody like a, a Luka Modric that played for, for our club, wonderful, wonderful player, went on, obviously on a, to win the Ballon d'Or, world-class footballer. Um, and, and there is some, some you know, similarities in terms of physique, in terms of where they picked the ball up. Luka didn't score that many goals, did he? Luka didn't get that many assists, but it, it was a turnover in play that he got the team back on the front foot again. And maybe that's where Harry... 
uh, Harry Winks needs to you know, concentrate on his game. I don't know what your thoughts are on Harry. Yeah, it, he's a strange one. I, I really, I do kind of cringe slightly when I see the, the stuff he gets on social media. And, and, you know, I think we have this thing and we all do it of building up these guys to begin with these kind of young talents, and then we absolutely destroy them when they go through what probably is more of a transformative stage, I think, for Harry Winks. And I know this is going to sound repetitive because it's pretty much, maybe it's a theme throughout Tottenham. They have too many players that haven't decided exactly what kind of Where players they are. going to play. Interesting. Yeah. And I think with Winks, you know, I asked him last um, no, it wasn't even last season. That's how long this season's been. It was before a Champions League game this season. I asked him kind of what Mourinho had been working with him on specifically. And he said, it's all been based around the defensive side of my game. Clearly, Mourinho, when he came in, he made this very clear that he wanted a holding player and a, a more of a playmaker alongside him in a two. At Spurs, he's never really been able to do that. So I think his project from the start was to try and turn Winks into that, yeah, that sitting player who had no real other job than to win the ball back, like you say, turn it over and, and get, it, get the transitions going. But obviously, when you're playing against, alongside Sissoko, that totally alters the partnership. It's such a weird kind of makeshift totally. because neither of them have the ability to probably really play that killer ball. Winks occasionally will play a nice ball out to the wing and everything. But I mean, God, Sunday against Palace, he was his radar was so off. Yep. It was it was one of his worst performances of the season. And I and I'm and I'm a Winks supporter. I think people forget. The, the guy that bossed it against Real Madrid in the Champions League. He was... Super- Real Madrid, yeah. He was, yep. he was outstanding know, in that game. Spanish media, after the game in the Bernabeu, were raving about this young English player. Like, this is a guy who could just fit into any of the Spanish teams. And Pochettino used to call him his little Iniesta, you know? He absolutely adored him. But he's a guy that doesn't quite know what he is right now. Yep. He probably doesn't have the passing range to be a guy who's a box-to-box so perhaps this is what Mourinho said. Look, I can kind of turn you into my Herrera, essentially. Be this little git, essentially, that breaks up your position play and just plays a simple ball to the guy next to you. And I think next season, that guy next to him is probably going to be more likely Lo Celso. It's been really interesting to see what he does with Sissoko. Interesting. Remember, when he first yeah. came, you know, he was asked where Sissoko's best role was. Yep. And he said on the right wing. Mm. Dad, I want to come round to you. Obviously, I know we're, we're pushed for time with you, but I've got to ask you about Harry Kane. You know, this guy, to be fair to him, every season, Harry gets his critics that he's finished, he's not good enough. But you look again, his goal tally for the season now, Harry Kane. I mean, it's still a really, really impressive number for both club and country. I mean, another goal yesterday. Really kind of quick movement of the feet by Harry Kane. Sum up his season for us, Darren. Harry Kane. Well, 31 goals in Premier League London derbies. I think only Sheringham and Lampard and Henri have managed to get more. Um, he is just an elite striker. And I listen, I'd go so far as to say this. If people are still doubting Harry Kane now, then they don't know too much about football. Because he's a predator. He's a hold-up merchant. He's creative. He is inspirational. He can score goals out of nothing. He's a close-range poacher. I mean, there are so many strings to Harry Kane's bow. That's the reason. I remember a couple of years ago, very quickly, I was on a pre-season with Chelsea when Antonio Conte was at the club. And he get this briefing. Ali knows how, you know, you get the little sit-downs with the managers every so often. Everyone's around. Uh, tape recorders are on the table. Some things are on the record. Some things are not. And Conte said, 
he was talking about potential signings. He said, we tried for Harry Kane, but they won't sell him to us. The Conti wanted to sign Harry Kane. Now, the significant thing about that is that they had already signed Alvaro Morata. So that tells you so much about how Kane is valued by the top managers in European football. And so I, I just, guys, I, I just got no time for anybody who wants to pick any kind of holes in Harry Kane's game because he doesn't have any. And I think he's only going to get better. I, I, I worry, in a way, that an elite team might turn around That's this summer. I have to ask you, Darren, before you go, I have to ask you, what does Spurs have to do to show Harry Kane that they're still going in the right direction? Obviously, they've got Jose Mourinho in, a serial winner, a man that's won everything there is in the game. What more do they have to do? Is it a case of showing some intent? Some of it, like Ali says, because of the coronavirus, in terms of the limited funds available, can Spurs still keep Harry long-term, do you think? They've got to bring quality. They've got to. And they've got to overhaul that side now properly. Because Harry's done something, and, and Ali will obviously embellish more on this, but it, when Harry gave that interview to Jamie Redknapp during the lockdown, that was a pivotal moment, because I can't remember too many other occasions where he's turned around and basically said, if the club don't win things, then I could listen to offers. That's the first time I can recall, and I'm sure Ali may correct me if he said it before, but it's the first time I can remember him turning around and saying, it's getting to that stage now where I want to win things. And if you've got a player like Kane who wants to win things, you can't be fishing around in the bargain basement. You can't be trying players out like your George Kevin and Kudus or whatever. You've got to bring in consistency. You've got to bring quality. Your recruitment's got to be good. That's why I'm, I'm quite fascinated about the centre-half talk because you know, defensively is absolutely an era where they've got to strengthen. Ali's absolutely right. You know, they don't have much money, so what do they do? But you do need a leader at the back. You'd absolutely do if you're going to do anything this season. You look at the transformative effect that Van Dijk has had at Liverpool, and then you look at the impact that losing company has had on Manchester City. Right there, you see why you need a leader at the back. Look at Alderweireld on his day. And then look at Alderweireld when his best days are behind him and the shambles that that backline has become. Yeah. You've got to get the quality in that is going to convince Kane, yes, we can do something this season. And if you don't do that, then I worry. I have to admit, I do. Dazza, you're an absolute star. Thank you ever so much for coming on. Uh, mate, no we'll, we'll be back in touch with you next season. Oh, which will only be, we won't be long. <laughs> no, 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 no rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. Thank you ever so much. Good to meet you, Darren. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, bless you, mate. Thank okay, you guys. nice. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Dazza. As a business owner, things are really hard right now. It doesn't matter what kind of business you run. We're all looking for the right financial support to help us find a way. From the bread makers and the risk takers to the B and B owners and the work from homers. The Hopheads and Tech Led, Break of Dawners and Midnight Oilers. The British Business Bank, backed by UK Government, is here to help you find a way. Get started by searching British Business Bank to access financial information that could help your business. False information about coronavirus is being spread everywhere. Popping up here, being shared there. Ping! Reaching and tricking more people with every share. They don't even understand the harm it can cause. False information can be hard to spot. Make sure you know what you're sharing. Don't feed the beast. Visit sharechecklist.gov.uk.
Stay alert. Control the virus. Save lives. It's Don Harry Kane, I have to kind of reference what Alistair said yesterday in terms of his reporting from the game. That Harry Kane now 14 goals in 19 matches under Jose Mourinho. He's now scored seven goals in his last five appearances on the final day of the Premier League season. Finding the net for the fifth time in his last three league games. I mean, the analysis and coverage that Harry Kane receives is constantly overcomplicated, but he's not getting good again. He's not reinventing himself. He's not recapturing a lost career. He's one of the best strikers in the world who suffered with injuries and a lack of fitness and is still pulling out the stops week in week out scoring the goals I mean what do you make of Harry Kane the absolute machine for Tottenham I mean I, I'm, I'm struggling uh, because uh, you know I, I think I tweeted it last week you know I can't say anything else about him other than maybe he can get maybe he can score five or six on, on uh, in the Palace game and win the golden boot I mean it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek but he, he got one um, you know, there's a lack of attacking ability as we as we've already talked about at the top of the show. The, the guy's absolute class. And again, I come back to, you know, the, the debate we were just talking with Harry Winks. You know, he's one of our own. Like, we're so lucky to to have him. He's Tottenham through and through. You know, he's not one of these guys that is going to, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, is he going to tra- transfer and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, we've got it. He is a Tottenham boy. He's a Tottenham man through and through. He's completely settled. You know, he's got a, his childhood sweetheart. He's married. He's got kids. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. And I know all of that sort of stuff maybe maybe is secondary. Um, but w- the man himself, the Leighton Orient shirt deal, and everything he's done is just he's an absolute superstar. And I've been saying for for, for as we all have, but for months and weeks and years, he's the best number nine in the world. He's probably you know top top four, top three, number ten. You know, if you if you was to play him as a number ten, if we was to go and sign Danny Ings, for example, I know we talk about transfer. You go and go and sign Danny Ings, stick fifty million on the table, and say, have some of that. We want Danny Ings. He can come in and play alongside him. He can come play and subsi- uh, you know subsidise for Kane. He can push him for his place. But then you could put Kane as a number ten, and let them two playing in the same team, for example. I mean, the guys. He's probably been our best defensive header of the ball at set pieces since the restart as well. I mean, I think he's absolutely incredible, and I love him dearly. I think he's very very lucky to have the fella. Ali, I know you still rave about this guy. Kind of every week, I watch you on your YouTube videos, and again, go and check out Alistair's YouTube videos. Absolutely cracking content that Ali's done for us, kind of throughout the season. Got to go follow Ali on on obviously Twitter and Instagram, where you can find Ali as well. But I have to ask you, Harry Kane, is there anything more to his game that he needs to improve on or adapt to? Because he just seems to get better and better every season, Ali. He just needs to stay fit. That's the final hurdle for him. And, you know, this was a guy that never really got injured. And then suddenly the last, what, three seasons has just been this one a season. And I I kind of had this, not quite a constant battle because I just let them have their say and then I'll write my completely different view. But there's this view among some journalists that he's finished. You know, not not quite finished, but he's He's not the Harry Kane he was, you know. He's he's always yeah. now kind of playing catch up. His it's body hard. can't do yeah. the same thing. Or coming towards an end. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. This guy in an injury ravaged season, he was out for six months, scored 34 goals for club and country in 40 yeah. games. Crazy. It's just. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Madness. It is ridiculous, isn't it? 24 of those for Spurs as well. Yeah, and it's like. And the thing I always say about, we spoke earlier about Spurs needing another advanced playmaker. Harry Kane is Spurs' best advanced playmaker. Spot on. Yes, yeah, spot on. I have to agree. Yeah. Number 10, which we just talked about. 
passing rate is phenomenal. Going from one end to another, I have to, we've got to squeeze all this in, guys. I do apologise for those listening. We've got so much to talk about with Ali and Lee. Ali, to stick with you, Jan Vertonghen, we, we said our goodbyes to him, which we knew, to be fair, we knew this for quite a while. I mean, there was a period where, you know, maybe we were expecting a contract to be on the table. And I have to kind of reflect back, Ali. I kind of go from the very start of the season where Pochettino was getting absolute pelters for not starting Jan Vertonghen and fans were up in their arms. Why is Jan not starting these games? Did Pochettino know something that we didn't? Did he know he lost a yard in, a pace in terms of the training and in terms of games? What have you made of Vertonghen's slow decline and what a player he's been for our football club, Ali? Right, he's been wonderful, honestly. He is... I know Toby Adeverell gets all the press, gets the headlines and obviously Darren was... was Giving him all the plaudits, which is quite right. He's been a phenomenal player as well. But for me, and it's just my opinion, I always felt Jan Vertonghen was consistently the best defender Spurs had over a longer period of time. I just think he's such a player. Absolutely such a player. And so versatile, you know. Probably the best left-back Spurs had as well. I don't want to do Danny Rose down too much, but I think as a left-back, he was phenomenal as well. And I just think with him... Yeah, something just seemed to just switch in the summer. You know, it just didn't quite... Something, something clearly happened behind the scenes. He wasn't involved to be, begin with. And I think probably the biggest thing for Yang Vertonghen, and I think he, he wanted to stay at Spurs. You know, from everything we kind of understand, he, he wanted to stay at Tottenham, but couldn't agree a deal when he was at the top of his form. And as soon as you got into 2020 and... and you could kind of see that it wasn't only Pochettino that didn't really see him as a first choice. Mourinho clearly had decided he wasn't. And then that contract offer wasn't kind of forthcoming anymore. And then that's why we've got the sad kind of news today that, that he's moved on. And he's been such a big part of Spurs for over, you know, for eight years. And, and you do think what a travesty it is that he didn't win any silverware in that time because he's been one of Europe's top defenders. Yeah, he has been incredible. And Lee, I know many people on the back of that kind of Palace game, you know, Mourinho for bringing on Davinson Sanchez for the last couple of minutes against Crystal Palace rather than Jan Vertonghen. Does that show in a way that, you know, he still prioritises the result over anything else? And, you know, this heartless bastard, you feel he's going to be winning a trophy next season because he makes calls like that, Lee, as much as we love Vertonghen. Yeah, for... For, for sure, he, he's he's not very sentimental. You know, he's he's a completely different uh, personality, yeah. uh, p- p- completely different behaviours to to the, the wonderful Potocino that we all got we all got to know and love and you know and, and get used to essentially. So is that going back to that mentality change on that side? But j- just on Yan, I mean, I, I, I absolutely think I, I agree with Ali. I think he's an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender. Um, I think that he he's got leadership there without being a leader. If you know what I mean, like you know, like that shouting thing or whatever. He doesn't have to be a shout to be a leader. His performances were outstanding. You know that performance against Borussia Dortmund was just off the chart. Playing as a left back, he's getting an unbelievable assist, volley, the goal, the finish that he had. Uh, you know the header against Wolves this season as well. He's played a big part in in, in you know not you know hasn't been in decline and we, we're having to go back four years for his, his best moments. We're talking about in the last. 12 months, 14 months, where, where his best moments have been in, in in games. And, you know, some of the tackles and some of the, um, you know, I just I just see him, I don't know whether you guys agree, I just see him as a future coach at Tottenham. Like, I absolutely see him as a future coach at Spurs. Maybe go and do his badges, maybe after another year's contract or something. If he, if he can go and get something, he, he might feel like he can play on. He's only 
33, so he might play on for another two, three seasons. But no, I think he, I think we'll see him again at Tottenham Hotspur. And no, I just want to say thank you, thank you, Jan Vertonghen, because the last eight years have been absolutely outstanding. And and we we don't let's not forget this. And there's a, a a few younger listeners as well that might not even remember. No, we were. You think our defence is shambolic now? It used oh, to be God, absolutely yes. shambolic. <laughs> um, and and he and he, he he joined the club at a time where he could have gone. To, to what, Ali, would you say, Rick? What, he, he could have gone to any of the top five clubs in the world, couldn't he, at one point? And he stayed with us, same as Lloris. So, you know, that, that means a lot. He's a top, Tottenham man, Ajax man and Tottenham man. And, you know, th- thanks for, uh, for sticking around. I wish you all the best, mate. He has been, like I say, an absolutely incredible player. And, you know, it's one that I think, Lee, I totally agree with you, that in time, I'd have no problem at all to see him back at the club in a coaching role. We just need to also uh, confirm that you know, Spurs have also announced the departure of Michelle Vaughan, along with academy players, Rayan Clark, Jonathan Dezee, Tarek Hines, Phoenix Patterson, Maxwell Statham and Maximus Tainio. And I think if you were on Twitter, you may have seen Daniel Levy presenting Michelle Vaughan and Jan Vertonghen each with a watch as a leaving gift. Um, again, you can speculate over the price of those watches. Didn't that certainly cheap to me? And talk about players going out. Spurs have also secured Ali Jaffet Tanganga down to a new contract. I mean, one of those that, let's be honest about it, we were hoping was going to get over the line sooner rather than later. Is that a player you see as part of Jose Mourinho's real long-term defence at Tottenham? Oh, madly. Honestly, such a talented guy. I've kind of been trumpeting Tanganga for a while in terms of coming through from the academy. He's been so unlucky during the Pochino era because pretty much every time there was a summer tour, he was on international duty with England or he had an injury. And you remember under Pochino, those pre-season tours were massive for the young players in terms of kind of essentially holding their hand up and saying, I'm ready, boss. And he kept missing them. And it wasn't until last summer when he finally got his chance and bearing in mind that he only just stayed at the club. Um, you know, he, he was kind of getting towards the end of his deal when they offered him a new one-year deal with an option for another one. And it was only after that happened, he went away on tour and he was phenomenal out there. You know, he, 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 I don't know if you remember, when Mourinho came in, he, he remarked upon what we all saw out in Singapore. This is the guy that marks Cristiano Ronaldo. Because he did. He absolutely, yeah, he, was he was superb. So composed. And I think the biggest thing with him that's probably surprised a lot of people at Tottenham is he was he was mostly a centre back uh, for the the academy. You know, all academy players they try him in different roles, but essentially he pretty much played at centre back. But he's been so versatile and good in the different roles. You know, at right back and left back, he's not going to be a bombing on kind of Aurier type player as a, as a fullback. But he just is so un unruffled. Uh, you know, nothing can seem to get the better of him, and I think. Bearing in mind, was he 21, 22? He's got so, so long ahead of him. And I think he could be the long-term answer with his versatility, probably to the Vertonghen role, yeah. that left side of the two centre-backs. Um, he's superb. I just want to say, only because I realised, I mentioned earlier about the centre-backs and how I couldn't give you a, an answer you wanted on you know, getting a new centre-back. Spurs have been kind of sniffing around uh, Kim Bin Jai, um, the South Korean young centre-back. It's it's not a sexy signing, you know. It's not one of these massive money uh, signings that Darren was talking about that would transform a defence. It's very much an opportunistic one, a guy that is seen as a the best. Um, I think that's how I was told by one of the uh, Sung Mo Lee, who's like a South Korean uh, football journalist. He told me he's the best defensive product they've produced in the last twenty years. So Spurs are kind of looking at him. They want that price to come down. It's about fifteen million at the moment. So we're not talking fifty million, but. Yep. Yeah, just, just to give you that little thing, you know, it's not completely, they're not going for any kind of centre-back, but it fits the Tottenham young profile. But Ali. Tanganga, 
Brilliant. I've got to ask you, in a way though, is that what Spurs kind of need? Because in the past, you, I mean, Lee will bring this up and sure in a couple of minutes. I know we're going to look to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but you look at what Spurs have gone and spent in terms of real, you know, high profile players, the likes of Lascelles, the likes of Undumbele, um, Lamella in the past, where maybe when they've gone for the high profile signs, they haven't quite worked out. But you look at Spurs' solid business, which they've done, the likes of Hummin Son, the likes of Toby Alderweireld, and, you know, in that area, They've been quite successful. It's only when they've gone for the more of the higher profile players that it hasn't quite worked out. Do you think, in a way, maybe going for the more solid business might be the way to go this summer for Spurs? Well, you know, we can only look at Deli Alley. Even his song yes. says it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. So I think you're totally, quite wrong. Totally agree. They're they're kind of more. Mourinho used the word clever. They've got to be clever in this transfer window, and I think that's massively it. It's like. I get what Darren's saying about you know they need a, an overhaul and things like that, but I think in a weird way. They kind of had one last uh, summer. It wasn't quite the, you know, all guns blazing overhaul that probably you needed to then go to the next level. But it was six young players, all under 23, I think, was the oldest, La Celso. And that that needs bedding in. And I think that's a big thing as well. And we've seen that with Onde Bele. You know, the club have been burned in a way there because they spent big money on a player that they knew. Pochettino said, I asked him early in the season about him, and he said he needs 18 months at least to settle into the Premier League. Fans don't want to hear that. Of course they don't. You don't want yeah, to hear that. Generally, that's mental that you said that, though, Ali, isn't it? That's mad. 18 months, Poch was saying that. And that's, and you've seen that, haven't you? Out, out on the field and out on the training ground, that he, he's just not bedded in yet. And he's only he's only a year into that 18 months bedding in. That's that's pretty mad. Mm. Mm. Well, this Mourinho's getting a lot of flack for him. But actually, Pochettino was exactly the same. I, I got snapped up a bit by Poch by saying he played well in the game. Really? I don't think he was anyone. I remember any... that. I remember that, Ali. Yeah, yeah for the game. I remember it's, that it's, uh... as well. Do you think, Ali, very quickly, before I kind of wrap up in terms of transfer, yeah. will, will Undumbele come good at Tottenham? If you kind of, if I had to put your, put you know, hand on your heart, do you think he could still come good at Spurs? I hope so. He's mm. such a talent. It's, He's such a I, yeah. I totally agree. He's following a pattern, unfortunately, in his career. I've, I've obviously had to look back and yeah. then look at what people said all along, and every club they've always said incredible talent, but just doesn't have the consistency. Yep. And that, that's what he needs. And that's behind the scenes as well. And I think Spurs don't, don't want to give up on him. There's been a real strong kind of word out of Spurs that they've got no interest in selling in this summer. Right. I think the only way you see that happening is if he just kicks up such a stink that essentially it becomes almost toxic that he's there. I think, and I don't, you know, I'm not pointing anyone out in particular, but I do think there's a feeling within the club that the people around him don't make it particularly easy for him. And, and you know, he's getting conflicting views. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, Mourinho said enough. This guy's a fantastic talent. Yep. He's just got to bring the rest of his game. And like I say, maybe a defensive midfielder, a new signing. You know, maybe Hoiberg, obviously, is a, a player Spurs are looking at. Yep. Perhaps a player like that can just free up on Dembele and Lacelso because they'd wreak havoc, the pair of them. If they had an anchor man behind them, they could trust him. You know, I can only imagine what that would be like in fourth flight. It's funny, Ali, because I remember you saying after one of your, again, YouTube videos that, you know, you can guarantee there's going to be a story coming out from Telefoot or one of the French newspapers, sports sections, if Undenbele does not play a game for Tottenham. And lo and behold, kind of 24 hours later, you couldn't make it up. There was the story. Away, it? it was almost like, Alistair, you had it. it was almost like fate, the way you kind of predicted it. And it's like, <laughs> this story kind of arrived. It's like, well, how did Ali just know that? I mean, but absolutely crazy. Lee, I've got to ask you this, Lee. You know, Dembele leaving yeah, in January 2019. Ericsson in January 2020, now Tongan in July 2020. The rebuild, Lee, the painful rebuild feels like it's underway it's now, doesn't it? 
it's happening. It's happening. And I think, you know, uh, Ali made a really good point earlier and, and when, when Dan mentioned earlier as well about, um, you know, like, you know, the rebuild and so on and so forth. I've and Chris Cowlin mentioned it after, you know, in the summer of last year. So we've got to, we've got to start investing in, and we did to a certain degree. I mean, I think, you know, there's 180 million, 170 million pounds worth of players coming. Berg, we talked about Bergy tonight. Um, you know, he's kind of hit the ground running, 25 million pounds signing or whatever. And he is part of that, then kind of, you know, six players that are coming under the age of 23. Um, and so there is that have been that rebuild. And, you know, Darren mentioned earlier about the club not moving players on. That was my biggest beef in the summer. You know, that I, uh, you know, we talked about six contract rebels. We talked about them and talked about them. And actually, you can't run a business. You can't run a team. You can't run a, you know, have a football club when there's people in it that are being counterproductive. When there's people in them teams, in that environment. And I'm not saying they're bad guys. I'm not saying they're bad guys at all. But the reality of the situation is, if you think your future is elsewhere... You are not giving. You can be professional, but there's there's a there's a 5% or 10% chance subliminally that you're not giving absolutely everything. And that, that is in all walks of earth. I think that's just a human, that's in human nature. And then six contract rebels, you know, we talked about the Ericsson, the um, Toby Alderweireld at the time. You know, there was a, uh, um, you know, Serge Aurier come out last time. I think, Ali, you referenced that tonight on the pod that he, he wanted to go uh, for, for, for different reasons. Danny Rose, you know, uh, all of you, know, when Yama still floating about the club, and it's just like, you've got to get your business done. Not, not not necessarily transfers just done early because, you know, Levy gets a lot of stick with not doing the, the transfers early, but we bought and Dembele really early and look how we've just been discussing him. So sometimes that doesn't work out, but you can't have people in the club that, that kind of don't want to be there or don't think that they should be there. Or, you know, look at Kieran Trippier. It was quite telling, wasn't it? When he, when Kieran Trippier left, he, he made a murmur and everybody sort of the fans were like, oh yeah, you know, you just, uh, you're just saying that because obviously you've been sold. But, he, 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 the murmurs were all wasn't right in 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 the background at Spurs, and obviously what transpired is Poch goes, and you know the 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 shit show that we've had as a season happened. So this is the rebuild. This is the rebuild that, that Pochettino talked about before, and yes, it has been painful. But when you look at the season overall, to finish sixth, to get European football after not not winning an away game for well, however long it was since since Moussa Dembele left in January 2019, I don't think we kept a clean sheet away from home, you know, to, to, to go for all of the, you know, the, the trauma that we've been through as a team and to still finish sixth. You've got to look at that on a positive side. We're currently top three in form. And actually, if we can carry that through, Marino loves a pre-season, get the pre-season under our belt. We carry that through to the next season with some really good additions. And I, I, again, I want to talk about that just quickly. You talked about additions being big. You know, if, if, if we get 15 million or 12 million new centre-back to come in, he might be brilliant. Andy Robertson's the best left-back in the Premier League. It's cost 8 million. You know, you don't have to go and spend loads of money. Delhi Ali, we just talked about it. Uh, Ali just brought it up himself. You know, the reality of the situation is our recruitment needs to get better. We let one of the best recruitment uh, guys go a couple of seasons ago. And it's not a coincidence that, you know, a couple of seasons on, our recruitment for the last couple of seasons has been shocking. So we need to make sure that we're getting the recruitment right in the right areas and back the manager. But, you know, the Tottenham board and the Tottenham hierarchy need to back the manager. Don't go and buy someone that you don't want. Go and buy someone that you want so that we can win something with Jose. Because I do think if we have a plan and we have our project, Poch always had the five-year project, right? The, the club had a project. All the fans knew where we were going, didn't they, lads? We knew where we were going and where we were going to end up. 
at the moment we don't know that which feels like short-term fixes we're going you know game by game and what we need to do is just have a plan to go this is why we're playing this type of football it's going to lead to this it's going to get better when we get these types of people in and, and, and we're going to go from there and, and I think we can have a good couple of seasons uh, over the next few years yep I totally agree. Listen, it's been a wonderful show. I'm going to end it by asking just two very, very quick fire questions, Ali. I hope you don't mind. Listen, we've taken so much of your time. Really appreciate you having on. It's been a pleasure having you on. Like I say, I'm reviewing the final game of the season, what's to come for Tottenham. This question, Ali, is from Jonathan Webber, who says, do you think we'll actually get more than three players this window? He would personally like five. He wants a new right-back, a central defensive midfielder, a new central attacking midfielder, a striker, a left-back and a centre-back. So not much, Ali. Um... (laughs) (laughs) if I was to whoa, ask you whoa, whoa, what do you think any, any more than three less than three what do you think Ali that sounds like the painful rebuild all in one I know, go doesn't I it I know but he's got, he's got out he's got all out there Ali <laughs> yeah I think personally I think you're looking at four to five Blimey, I think I wasn't expecting that, that. really okay, out the door. okay. Mm-hmm. personally you know as I said I think a right back I do think defensive midfielder they desperately need um, as I say, another advanced playmaker and and that striker, which has been the Achilles heel for Spurs for so long. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think that's what you have to aim for. And like, like we said, Mourinho's very clearly kind of got out there that he's made his targets. He's, he writes apparently he writes a report for Daniel Levy like every week with exactly everything that's going on in the football side of things and also what he he's working really closely with Steve Hitch and the chief scout. I feel sorry for Steve Hitchin. He's kind of in this chief scout role without a kind of... You, you should really have that director of football above you. You know, he had a great relationship with Pochettino. They talked every day constantly. With Mourinho, it was something that had to kind of be... I think in the early days, it was like 10, 15-minute chats they'd have. And, but now I think they've built up this relationship where they're, they're properly planning for the summer. But what Mourinho is saying is he, he has these targets in mind and then not break the bank targets. They are very realistic within what Daniel Levy's told him they can spend. And so, as Lee's saying, there's no excuse now, really, not to get the targets Mourinho wants. There's not. Go get them, get the man what he wants, and then he will do what he's always done in his career and his CV shows. Brilliant, right. Final question to you both. And I, I, I know I know you're on to time. Oh, can I just have a sorry, Rick? I need to I have I'm to ask so Ali, Ali, Ali have you got a minute? <laughs> Poor Ali, he's been I'm a... sorry, I just sorry about it. I just I just want to quickly touch upon Delhi Ali, if that's all right, because we haven't spoken but just to, just a quick one. We don't have to put this in if you if you don't want to. Do you, do you think Delhi Ali's got a future at Tottenham under Jose? Yeah, I do. I think Jose yes. loves him. I yes. absolutely think Perfect. Perfect. you know. We, we know the famous line when he came in the first training session is you Delhi Ali because yeah, that's yeah, who yeah. I seen him. He knows how good I, I again a little bit on a wink thing, but maybe on a bigger scale because I think Delhi Ali's probably got an even higher ceiling. This guy has absolutely smashed records that Premier League legends couldn't even get to in terms of the time he got to goals. And we're writing him off at what is he, 23, 24? It's, it's like, ridiculous. Hey, has got so much we kind of forget that these are young guys that are still developing in their game and I think the most interesting thing with Deli Ali is where he fits in a Mourinho formation. You know, yeah. if you're going to go with a 4-3-3, Pochi started to kind of go out to the left and drift in quite a bit. So does that, is that what he does, you know, or is there too much competition there? You know, with Bergwijn, Son, Luke, it's, we all know where his best position is. He's playing off Harry Kane. Him off the two of them are phenomenal together. Will that fit a Mourinho formation? I don't know. But, you know, Mourinho's, he's, 
oh, I suppose I don't, don't want to sound like I'm absolutely giving the guy a massive hug, but essentially he is a tactical master, isn't he? He's proved that in, in games and massive games and seasons in the past. I think if he has to adapt a team around certain players and the tactics to do them as well as creating you know, uh, an obstruction to the opposition, I think he will. And the other thing I've got to say, because people forget about it, Spurs have got real homegrown number issues. There's yeah. a lot of people, you know, Deli Ali is going to go this window, Harry Winks is going to go, and, and you know, even selling Carl Walker-Peters is a bit of it's an issue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mourinho will have a brief to develop these homegrown British players, and Deli Ali is one of them. He, he can be phenomenal. He just had a lot of hamstring problems, and they got to get him back to his best again. There you go, Lee McQueen. If you don't ask, you don't get. And there you go, Lee McQueen getting the verdict there from Alistair Gold. Right, final question. Then we have to let, like I say, we have to we have to try and wrap this show up. But an incredible evening on the last word on Spurs. Alistair Gold in extra time here. I think we're in Ajax time, aren't we? God, right. Okay, Lee, final question. I need to ask Ali as well before we wrap up. Mark Jarrett <laughs> says... Ajax time, love it. What would be an acceptable league and cup finish for the 2021 season? Lee, over to you. Um, I think I'm going to put my, my, my optimistic hat on. I'm going to put the boat right out there and, and, and echo what both Darren and Ali have said on the show tonight is Joseph goes after trophies to get them regardless of what they are. I think, I think we're, we are 90, we are certain, 90% certain to win a trophy next year. That, that I genuinely I absolutely believe. I do not think we're that far off being a, 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 a top four side again so I think that we will qualify back into the Champions League and I think we'll win a trophy I don't know what trophy it'll be but well it definitely won't be the Champions League put it that way but I think we've got a very very strong chance of winning the Europa League yeah. um, and you know a League Cup and FA Cup and get back in the top four there's no reason why we can't do it we've got some really really good players Son also world class attacker we, we've you know with some additions and a world class manager I think we get top four in a trophy Ali let me ask you what do you feel for Jose Mourinho in his first full season at Tottenham is an acceptable league and cup finish for the 2021 season. Well, I kind of made my prediction the other day, which I got a little bit of flack for, and because it was pre-Sunday, but I stand by it. I think Tottenham will finish top three. And, you know, people probably watching the game against Palace or remember what happened in Bournemouth thinking, what the hell are you talking about? But if you look at this man and what he's done, yeah. and even what he's done since he came to Spurs and the injuries, the issues and everything, I think what, Spurs are fourth since he came in November. You know, he can easily get that top three. And he will be up against inexperienced managers like Sir Lampard and Solskjaer who are going to have a lot of stuff to deal with next season, a lot of expectation. And I think I think they will finish, probably not first or second, I just think Liverpool and City are going to be too strong. But I think that third place very much up for grabs and I do think there'll be a trophy um, and the year ends in one Ali the year ends in one Ali doesn't it I mean that's the thing the year ends in one it has to be a trophy right well yeah maybe last century but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure about it oh, <laughs> dear, I mean, dear. I'll be honest to show how kind of kind of positive I am about you know the potential of uh, reaching the final he booked a holiday uh, for this uh, for next summer oh, God. and I've just found now obviously the new dates are when the season is ending and we've pushed it we've pushed the holiday to later in the summer because I'm that confident there you go Alistair Gold there you go an exclusive (laughs) Alistair Gold has changed his personal holidays because that's the confidence of the man absolutely brilliant fantastic I think I think it's right and I think that you know at the end of the day when all's said and done and I know there's emotion runs high in football and rightly so that's why we all love the 
game. You know, I've said many times, haven't I, Rick? It's, it's the hope that kills you, but it's also the hope that keeps well. You know, the hope of us winning something. That's why we keep going back. That's why we renew our season tickets, whatever. But the reality of the situation is that everything is in place, even though we've gone through COVID, but everything is in place for us to be successful. And, you know, I think we said at the beginning uh, when, when, of, of Joe's age, if this guy can't get us over line and win a trophy, then where else do we turn from there? So it's got to happen, and I think it'll happen next year. Fingers crossed. Well, let me just say, Lee McQueen, thank you ever so much for coming back on. Always a pleasure, Lee. We've got a very special show coming later on this week as well, Lee, haven't we? Very big show coming later on this week. We have. Yeah. We're going to keep you guys... Absolutely looking forward to it. And it's been a pleasure as well. I just want to say again, to have Darren and Alistair on, you know, and to be part of that show has been fantastic. So thanks ever so much for having me on. The brilliant Darren left us earlier, but carrying on an extra time. Like I say, Alistair Gold. Alistair, thank you ever so much for coming on The Last Word on Spurs. Been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, it's been great fun, lads. It's always good to talk to Tottenham. Always good company as well. So now oh, I've loved it. The diamond himself, Alistair Gold, Quality. name dropped every single week on this show without fail. No matter the show, no matter what we're talking about, totally. Alistair's yeah, always, absolutely. always been in the act. I mean, they, you probably say Alistair's been in the room with us. Alistair, you don't even notice. I say you've been in the room without you even knowing it half the time. <laughs> but um, there you go. Talking Tottenham as it. always, guys. We are back later in the week with a very, very special show to bring you. We are going to remain silent until that show comes your way. Thank you ever so much for all your continued support throughout what's been a crazy season, what we've had to go through in life in general. Keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on you Spurs! Spurs nil, Liverpool 2, and surely the championship of Europe is Liverpool's. Uh, we feel very proud of this player, our fans. I think uh, for the first time to be in the Champions League final is it's about to be optimistic for the future. Our minds are troubled by the emptiness. Destroy the middle, it's a waste. Sodden's lead is gone. Olympiakos come from two goals down. To the finish line. Leicester City come from a goal down. They lead 2 1. Still. The experiences of last season, you'd think that they'd learn from that. It just seems that they haven't. Oh, he's hit the ball! Trying to find the solution. It's Gnabry. He fancies another one. Gnabry, he's got another one. The biggest ever European defeat. And the problems just continue to mount for Mauricio Pochettino. I mean, I love Mauricio. I really do. And I hope he stays, but it, it stinks at that type of moment. Mauricio Pochettino has parted company tonight with uh, Tottenham Hotspur. It was announced at 6am that they've already appointed a new head coach, Jose Mourinho, a huge appointment. Play game, improve, better team, more happiness, more smiling, more confidence. This is sensational! Yeah, that Mourinho honeymoon is over. Mourinho can't stay happy, Mourinho, forever. And now I look at this Tottenham side, I don't know what they are right now.
Hotspur's third successive appearance in the Champions League round of 16. And further scores. And Savitzar! Stadion is strike for Leipzig! Not this time, Spurs. Truth be told, not even very close. Real problem here, Spurs now with Jose Mourinho. Tottenham are out! Norwich City and through to the quarter-final! Wolves lead against Tottenham Hotspur! The breaking news, and that is that all English football has been suspended until at least the 30th of April. We are all in this, in this fight against uh, CV19. We want to be ready. We want to be ready to fight for points, to give um, fun to people, to give joy to Tottenham fans. And they're falling further and further behind in the race for a European place next season. It is. Song replies quickly for Spurs. Tommy Alderweireld clouds it in. And there it is. 200 club goals for Harry Kane. Harry Kane has produced an absolute beauty. But Spurs will be playing in Europe, not the Champions League, but the Europa League next season. The season has been up and down and really, really hard. But um, we managed in this, uh, this group of matches to, to get results and to perform. When your tenants have a burst pipe, superheroes crashing through the wall isn't going to help anyone with direct line landlord emergency added to your policy we're on it to send a rather super plumber in four hours and guarantee they'll use the doorbell we can also assemble locksmiths glaziers electricians and drainage engineers search direct line landlord emergency we're on it direct line residential properties optional add-on up to 1500 per call out extreme weather conditions make send response time underwritten by uk insurance limited sports social podcast network